Welcome to the Minimalist Vegan Podcast, a bi-weekly show where we explore what it means to live with less stuff and more compassion. Hello, my name is Michael and I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Marsha. Hello. And uh, for those of you who don't know who we are, we run a website called theminimalistvegan.com where we share really easy, delicious plant-based recipes using approachable ingredients in addition to this show and articles. So if you haven't checked it out already, please head over to theminimalistvegan.com. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about slow purchasing. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) But before we do that, Marsha, how's your last couple of weeks been? Bit of a blur, actually, but it's been good. My mum came to visit, which was Mm -hmm. really nice. Um, Since our borders have opened now, where if you don't know, we live in Tasmania in Australia And we left Canberra, which is our hometown, back in February. And we haven't seen anybody since then. And she was our first visitor. Yeah, it was nice. She stayed for a week. And we took the week off with her and showed her around. And I think she really enjoyed it. So, well, we really enjoyed it too. So, it was good. Yeah. It was nice. And... um, We got back into the swing of things earlier this week and just published a new recipe this morning. Just did some vegan stuffed mushrooms for the holidays coming up. So I'm kind of getting into the holiday mode with the recipes that we're putting out. So, and it's a really delicious one. It is very delicious. Yeah. Super easy to make as well. Recipe testing is always fun though. Not always. Not always. (laughs) If it works, it's fun. If it doesn't work, it's not so fun. That's true. But yeah. And, um, well, I guess you've been pretty much up to the same things as I have. Yeah, our lives are pretty similar. (laughs) So, um, not much different to share than what you have. But, um, yeah, I'm excited with a couple projects that we're working on as well. So, uh, we'll keep you guys posted in future episodes as to what that could be. But, um, yeah, so you ready to get into our topic? Yes, I am. So, today, as Michael mentioned before, we're talking about slow purchasing in comparison to fast purchasing, which is something that when you want to practice or live as a minimalist is very important. And it doesn't make it easier living in this day and age because it's making it so easy to buy everything and anything. And um, yeah, I mean, it can be very exciting to grab something impulsively, but that approach leaves you feeling quite vulnerable and you can sometimes get buyer's remorse and you can also waste a lot of money that way as well. So, and I've experienced that myself, buying something and then regretting it straight away. So minimalist or not, at some point, you're going to need to buy something. Yes. And I think it's an important topic for us to discuss and I'm sure a lot of you will find that you can relate to it as well. Yes. And it's going to be nice and therapeutic for us as well. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> so in minimalism, we often talk about decluttering or getting rid of things. But we believe in making the right purchases so you don't have to declutter. And I think that that's a mm. major part of this conversation is stopping the purchase or not really um, thinking about purchasing things as your priority in life. And if we go back in time, you know, for us when, you know, the internet wasn't really around Mm. and a lot has changed since we were younger. 
I'm sure you remember saving up money and I remember when I was when I first got a job I think it was like a pair of jeans or even a jumper that I really wanted from this really cool store when we were in high school and it wasn't even like saving my pocket money it was actually money that I was making and you know as a teenager back in those days you don't make too much and these clothes were expensive so I had to kind of budget and save Mm. to purchase these things but it's funny because back then I didn't actually have any FOMO which is fear of missing out because I knew that they would be there in a couple of weeks and I knew that I could save for it. Mm. But it wasn't this impulsive thing where I had to quickly put it on hold or or grab it or lay by it. Like I had confidence that I'll be able to buy it. Mm. And I would think about that item and, you know, buy it and be content with it. So it's interesting how much things can change over time. And I'm sure you've got experience with that as well yeah well i think what's changed is this whole idea of cash Mm. and sort of digital currency and the digitized world just in general because i remember when my parents introduced a piggy bank to me and the concept of saving coins and change and uh, i remember i would save up like 30 dollars in change and then go cash that in for my favorite cd at the time And it was this very tangible, connective experience with a very specific goal in mind, but also being very connected to how I was accumulating the funds to be able to make that purchase. Zoom forward to today and Amazon's got my uh, credit card details. Let's just on the topic of like using the CD as an example, right? Yep. Where you have... You know, you're buying an album where you've probably not heard at least 70 to 80% of the music. So you're taking a chance. You're taking a gamble That's right. on actually listening to the full soundtrack and investing your, you know, the money that you've saved up. Yep. Whereas today, you just have to go on YouTube and you can listen to anything that you want. It's just this whole disposable nature yeah. and not really exploring too much. Everything and is instant. Exactly. So you yep. can have thousands of songs on your iTunes or Spotify or whatever you use yes, and not listen to most of them or, you know, like there's just no connection to kind of cherishing something as For much sure. as, you, as you used to. I mean, that's, I mean, it's slightly off topic, but like, for example, if I listen to an album now mm. on Spotify yeah, and I, I get, never listen to I albums. Get, yeah. Well, I get three <laughs> songs in. Yeah. And I'm not liking it. There's, yeah. there's no way I'm sticking around yeah. to listen to the rest of the there's album. There's much more like... Yeah, next. there's too much other content to yeah. be able to have access to. But back then, it's like I've saved up to buy this CD and I don't have too many other options available in my more room. Invested. Yeah. So yeah. you're gonna, I'm going to listen to the whole album yeah. all the way through. Sometimes a special edition. Yeah. You know, like the extra couple of songs, <laughs> extra couple end. songs and everything. So you would consume every second of that album mm. and you'll listen to songs that you may not even necessarily like. Yeah. Um, that's far from the case now. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to make that point because that's just one small thing in so many other things that technology has changed yeah, for the way it, that we consume. For in, sure. Regardless of physical or possessions or whatever and i think you make a really valid point because it ties into this ease yeah and this ease of access to things yeah and it's not just financial or physical um it's it's just how our time is used as well 
So everything is just so damn easy. Mm. And that brings me back to this point of uh, taking away friction from purchasing. But I, I don't know, like, how often do I take my wallet with us when we go out places? You don't. I mean, it's in the car for your license. But other than that. Yeah. Not really. And have you noticed that you've also stopped taking your purse because you're relying on my phone to pay for stuff? Yeah. So our behavior has completely changed Mm. with Apple Pay or being able to pay for stuff on your phone Mm. um, because of just how quick and easy that is. And people pay with their watches. They pay with their rings. Yep. Yep which I didn't know was a thing until a couple of weeks ago until yeah. uh, someone told us in a shop that someone walked in and he's like waiting for her to pay. Yes. And he just like notices that she just paid with her ring. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what the future, I think eventually we won't have to carry anything. It'll just be in built into us in some, some shape or form. That's, um, that's the reality and when you watch a show like Black Mirror, it comes back yes. <laughs> to make you feel like anything is possible. So That's right. Yeah. It's just so easy to buy things and mm. that's just one of many examples, but this whole one-click purchase on like a store like Amazon, yeah, this makes it incredibly easy. Like how many places have our credit card information stored mm. so we can access it? You know, after pay. Mm. you know pay later financing it's PayPal. all paypal it's yeah. all just there yeah um we're just moving around numbers on a screen at this point and all of this is designed for us to consume more and to consume quickly yeah and um so everything is working against us mm. to get back to that intentionality of collecting your pennies yeah day by day week by week and then having enough to finally buy something that you've thought about for many weeks or months or sometimes mm. years on end yeah. um, and really appreciate that whole process and the end product as well because we're reducing the meaning of things that we're consuming by having such quick and fast access to it and acting so quickly. Well, you now don't even have to go onto websites where they're purely designed for purchasing or social media platforms like Facebook has the marketplace and mm. now... Instagram has that shop, which came with the latest update. Which is driving Marsha crazy. Annoyed me. (laughs) That was like just a couple of days ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I just opened the app the other day and I was like, what is this? I don't like the way, I just don't like updates. So what have they done? So they've made like a shopping app. Yeah, so if you follow a page that has products or like has a shop online, somehow, I don't know how they've integrated it. I'm guessing that the brand... Um, or the page has to tag products themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I haven't purchased anything and Have I don't you intend to, anything? to. I think, I don't remember, but okay. no I've, just, I've kind of like. No, no, no ceramic plates you've clicked. <laughs> I've just scrolled through to see like what people sure. are selling and I just found it interesting. Yeah. But. Because um, I wonder if you can pay on probably. Instagram itself. Probably. If you can't yet, they yeah, will be sure. eventually, people won't even need websites. There'll be, I mean, there are some people that I've bought things from on Instagram yeah. just from their feed. Yeah. Normally props for my food photography. And yeah, you just do 
direct message to each other and you organize it that way. Yeah. So they don't even need a website. Like sure. they use the platform as a shop for itself. So it's just, it's interesting the way that companies are starting, the big social media companies are starting to realize, well, people are already spending time on these platforms. Why shouldn't we keep their attention longer by incorporating a shopping tool yeah. for them to spend money on it even more? And so I imagine that there'll be more and more brands that will want to advertise and sponsor and promote their products within the platforms so that people see them. Makes sense. The other thing that I found really interesting is, which I didn't know about because obviously I live in a little bit of a bubble when it comes to buying things online and just buying things in general and what's possible, is that I know someone that they have a P.O. box I think it's a PO box or an, an an address in the US where they can direct their purchases and their parcels to that address. So, for instance, if a brand only ships within the US or it doesn't ship to Australia, let's say, that they can still purchase those items. And normally, if they're shipping domestically, it's free postage. Mm-hmm. And so they get parcels shipped to that address and then they pay. So I think it's like a monthly subscription Mm. and then they pay for that address and then they pay postage to Australia from there. So they normally accumulate a few parcels and then they do like a bulk shipping to Australia that way. And when I heard that, I was like, anything is possible then. Even if they don't ship to your country, you can still get around purchasing items from anywhere really yeah so in relation to fast purchasing that makes it even easier for people to buy anything anywhere that's because i suppose it opens up the the market of what's available to us yeah so yeah that's pretty powerful Mm. you know because yeah i I imagine there's a lot of things which are exclusive to a uh, geographic location Mm. even though a lot of companies are shipping overseas it's not necessarily the case for every single brand and even the same brand might have a particular range that's only available in a certain country. So yeah. So, I mean, sense. I imagine things that are available in the US Amazon aren't necessarily available in the Australian Amazon. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I think that, um, you know, for me personally, when I think of spontaneous shopping, it's mainly ties into going to markets and boutique stores that you know kind of like there's a very big intrigue for me yeah as to how as to what can potentially be there so talk to me a little bit about that like this whole idea of spontaneous shopping versus sort of planned shopping and we've talked about this in the past we'll link to the episode where we talked about our wish list yeah um to having like a targeted list of things that you need to buy that's very essential to you. And then you sort of go after those goods. But you mentioned spontaneous shopping, which is kind of the opposite of that approach. Yeah. Right. Because as minimalists, we're trying to limit the amount of excessive consumerism. And normally that comes through spontaneous shopping. So I guess there's a difference between complete impulsive shopping and seeing opportunity in, you know, having your wish list and, then shopping with that intentionality as well. Because I just find that if I want to shop and um, need to buy something in particular, that slow purchasing is very time-consuming. 
Oh, okay. And it can really drain me. So what is slow? Like before we go on, I think let's talk about what is slow purchasing. So in my opinion, okay. slow purchasing is purchase with intention and with purpose. And you ask yourself a list of questions before you make that decision. Yep. And it fills a need in your life. Yep. So it can be tied, most likely is tied to your wish list of something that you've had on there for some time and really thinking out the process and making sure that you're buying with intention. So, so you've not only decided what you're going to buy, yeah. but now you're deciding what's the best of that range. Yeah. So you're looking at all the competing products or goods. Yeah. Um, you're assessing the quality you're looking at the life cycle beforehand, yeah. uh, what role it's going to play in your life. So it slows down that whole process from going, okay, I need this and now I'm going to go get it right now to I need this. Okay, what's the best version of that for me? Mm. So it can tie into ethical as well because mm-hmm. slow purchasing in some ways to me doesn't make sense if it's like fast fashion, for instance. You know, like that's still in many ways... Um, it doesn't have longevity. It's not made ethically. It like it doesn't support a whole list of. of well, well, it could be. It could be. It could be slow purchasing in that you are shopping from a fast fashion brand, but what you're buying within that brand, you're you're taking your time to decide what you're going to buy. Yeah. But the criteria might not be as strict for probably people like you and I who Mm. have a whole set of other criteria as being not only minimalist, but vegans as well. And people who care about the environment, it comes with a whole bunch of other boxes that we're trying to tick at the same time. Yeah. So it rules out fast fashion altogether, but somebody can still apply slow purchasing to fast fashion, but the might, the purchase might not be mindful. It might not be conscious. It might not be well considered um, in that whole sort of supply chain yeah so for instance for me at this very point in time i need new swimmers okay and because i've outgrown you can say the other ones and i've just i've had them for forever yeah and i just don't feel comfortable in them anymore yeah so I wanted to get a nice one piece. Do your current swimmers bring you joy? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I only have them there because I have nothing else. Yeah. And so now as we're going into summer, I'm realizing I need new swimmers. Yeah. But as excited I am to find something that's nice, I'm also not excited about the process of getting there. Yeah. So with the criteria we've just talked about, most of the time that rules out shopping in person, mm-hmm. especially for clothing. Yeah. And so that, unless there's a local brand that makes swimmers, that's awesome, but highly yeah. unlikely. So you're looking online. So that rules out fast purchasing sort of as you would normally. Yeah. Let's just go to the shops and just buy something. Yeah. And you actually buy something. something. Yeah, you actually, yeah, within yeah. an hour, you have your swimmers. So, Normally not within no, an hour. No, I know, I know. But Normally like, within half a day. <laughs> yeah. But that fast purchasing cycle is not even possible yeah. with your criteria. So. Yeah. So, for instance, I'd go, we have a blog post that has a whole list of amazing ethical um, and brands yeah. and sustainable brands that majority of the range is vegan. 
I mean, we also include that as, you know, to let you know which which brands aren't completely vegan in the materials that they use. So I would go, I would first jump on there and have a look at what brands. Because a few of them have swimmers. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with that is swimmers, I mean, I hate shopping for clothes online because nine out of ten times it won't fit me well because I'm six foot, I've got long limbs, you know, I'm a certain build, so it makes it tricky to buy things and swimsuits probably one of the hardest things to to buy so that leaves me in a little bit of a pickle (laughs) yes so i am already like pushing back that idea because i know that it might be difficult to buy some yes and so it kind of leaves me leaves me in this limbo land that well i need swimmers for the summer but the painful process of getting them can sometimes overwhelm me so much that I might just end up going down to the shops mm. and finding something just for the sake of having a pair of swimmers that fit me. Yep. Do you see like the friction? I, I do. And then and then that also increases the chances of you not being satisfied with your decision. Either way. Either way. Yeah. So that's really hard. And I think you bring up a really valid point because, yeah, we talk about wish list, wish list, wish list, minimalist and their intentionality, but um, it can be a real pain. Mm. And I think you've expressed this a bit in our relationship, but, you know, I tend to be, I tend to enjoy that process. Like I don't like shopping, but when I've made a decision to buy something, yeah, I actually quite enjoy sort of hanging out online and, watching people review the product on YouTube and on blogs and... Oh, don't and, get me wrong, and, and it depends digging. on the product. Sure, but sure. this example, I've probably picked like the worst example right. ever, Okay. which would be one of the most painful to buy yes. besides like bras and stuff. But um, yeah, generally speaking, like if, if I'm looking for something that's a little bit less of a... has you know, like a jumper, for instance, yep. or... Uh, a candle I mean I never buy candles but a candle you know you generally can tell okay these are the essential oils that I like the smell of I'll probably like the smell of that candle I'll I see what it looks like it'll be fine Um, a jumper you know there's give there because the nature of jumpers you know if it's slightly on the smaller side it will normally stretch or the other way around you know so it's a bit of give and take. And if you see something like that online, you'll normally get what you pay for. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends. You, you do tend to like, for instance, you just purchased recently some clothing. Yep. It took you about two months to press the purchase button. That for me would not have happened. Far longer than that even. I'd Was say. it? Yeah. So for me, like if I know that I want something or that I need something, I'll probably act on it much quicker than you. Yeah. Well, and it's, no, you're you're right. I think your cycle is far more productive than mine. Um, And sometimes a slow purchasing process can lead to procrastination just generally. Mm. Like your swimmers, me, the resistance to upgrading my wardrobe, that literally can just lead to, okay, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. When you might actually really need something. Yeah. Um, and like you've got holes in your undies. You yeah, really need Yeah, exactly underwear. right. You just need to make a decision and, and do it and, and live with the compromise, which is really, really hard as a minimalist because you want everything that you have to, to have a purpose. And, and I remember and even... And to serve you long term. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I remember even when we were looking to start this podcast and looking for microphones, mm. that was such a long process to decide mm. 
on what microphones to purchase. And I remember later on, we were experimenting with a different type of microphone for the courses that we were running at some point. And we made a fast purchasing decision yeah. on Amazon to buy like this really cheap love, uh, love microphone that you stick on your clothes. And um, it's like from the moment we received it and we opened it out of the box and we used it, we were like, this sucks. It pretty much needed to go straight in the bin. Yeah, like, exactly right. And that's just a prime example of the same products, like a microphone. One mm. which was really methodically researched mm. and we used to this day and we love versus something that we bought within that was know, my fault. 30 minutes or whatever <laughs> and it sucks and now it's a waste. You know what I mean? Now yeah. it's like, now we've got to decide what we do with it. Like we're not using it, but there's that guilt you have, that buyer's remorse, that feeling we all hate so much. Mm. Um, I mean, most people would just return it, but yeah. for, our, you know, I don't know, just that whole added thing of, going to the effort of returning it and it wasn't that much you know like if it was more expensive probably would have put in more and it's effort. very small yeah but it still creates like we still have it to yeah. this day and it's got yeah. no purpose in our life yeah um but that's just an example of fast purchasing versus slow purchasing but as you said i mean there's a path forward where fast purchasing plays a role in our lives even as minimalists mm. um did you want to talk a little bit about that so i guess for me when it comes to fast purchasing I like to leave opportunity for spontaneity mm-hmm. and where you see something and you can see a purpose for it straight away. Yes. Or it's been on your wish list and you finally found it. Yes. I mean, that's not really fast purchasing, but you still know that you will get value out of it. Yeah. So like, for instance, when we go to markets, I have like this wide eyed excitement about me. And not like with the intention of purchasing things, but I just enjoy the process of browsing and looking at what people are making. Yes. So it's this thing of, well, if I do come across something that's nice and that I see value in, 50% of the time I want to purchase it. So like I know myself as to how much I have to like something to want to actually commit to paying for it. And I think obviously price has something to do with it. But I think the older I get, the more I try and mitigate that, you know, it used to probably be like 70 to 80% of the time I would want to buy it. But now it's more like 40 to 50% of the time I'll want to buy it. Yeah. And you make a really good point because your expectations of quality are so high that more often than not, you're going into a situation thinking you won't be buying anything. Yeah. And it has to be pretty spectacular to sort of get your attention. Yeah. And I think that's really admirable because even as a, you know, I'm probably a little bit more clinical, but I think what you've opened up my eyes to is that, you know, a world where every single purchase of a good is so methodically planned in advance, um, it almost takes away a huge chunk of experience of life. (laughs) Yeah. And every now and then, Mm. every now and then I think it's okay to let yourself indulge a little bit in that spontaneous or you can even call it the impulsive at times purchase. However, what I've seen about you is that you make these decisions and these things that you buy become things that you love and that have a really strong purpose in your life. Like there's rarely any buyer's remorse 
they used to be more because obviously I used to buy more things. Yes. So they were, and I mean, you know, like it's happened to me even in the last six months, I'll buy something online and it'll come in the mail and it's not what I expected it to be. So this is why I put more value on buying things in person because I'm a visual person. I'm very particular as well as you know, Yes. as to what I like. And how I like it. So, for instance, if I'm buying a chopping board, I want to see the choices of chopping boards. They might be the same. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're not. They'll have different timber grains in it and whatever. I want to pick my own chopping board. Whereas if I buy it online, I just get what they sent me. Yeah. So. I know what you mean. That's a good point. I could ask you a personal question. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you think... Being married to a minimalist has subconsciously increased your own expectations of the things that you purchase. So, for example, because we might judge each other, for example, for purchases that we make. Mm. As More a couple. so you than me. Yeah. But. So, <laughs> so knowing that, okay, if I purchase this mm. and it doesn't have a purpose yeah. or I don't use it. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna let down Michael. Does do you, does that ever come across your mind, or is it more? Yes and no. Like, I mean, I've gone on this minimalist journey as well. That's right. So I have a lot of of those values and standards for myself, mm-hmm. and I don't want to let myself down as to what I bring into our house. You probably feel that more for yourself. Yeah, then you do I let myself yep. down if yeah. I'm to do that. And so, therefore, I try and mitigate that from happening sure. to begin with. But, I mean, you do cross my mind where I sometimes almost need to try and convince you, well, no, I will actually use this. Yeah. And so, I go home and make sure I <laughs> bloody well use that thing so that you don't look at me and go, why is that collecting dust in the corner? I mean, not that that happens, no. but, you know, I try and... And so, yeah, I do ask myself those questions to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, And I think that's pretty natural in many relationships, you know, taking minimalism out of the equation. Yeah. I mean, Um, I don't hide things in places, (laughs) my purchases away from you because I'm scared of, you know. Yeah. But I know people that do that. They'll buy things. Really? And hide them. Okay. Because they don't want to show their spouse what they've purchased because they don't want the guilt of spending money. Yeah. See, because the thing is, like for me, it's not so much even about uh, spending money. It's about the use. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the value. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's the main thing. It's the, you know, there's been many things that we've bought that we've had to really invest in, but we've seen the value and they've proven to have the value and that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's when you, you just buy, buy, buy and you're not, you're not using things. You're just accumulating stuff. And then before you know it, with that behavior year on year, you, you, you have a whole bunch of stuff that you're trying to give away on Facebook marketplace or sell or whatever. And you're constantly caught in this cycle. Mm. So that's I mean, the look, thing it's, that, it, that still does happen, yeah. but it's very rare. Yeah. And, I think as I get, oh, I mean, look, when we moved to Tasmania earlier this year, I did feel like I was quite restricted for a while because we were planning to move overseas. So I was being even more intentional with making the decision, well, do I want to take this to the other side of the world with me or should I just wait and buy it when we get there? Yeah. Um, Or just not buy it, 
period. So I did kind of have this moment of like, well, now we have our own space again and, you know, we're staying here for good for now and let me just indulge a little bit. Yeah. And so I did go through a period where I was buying probably more things in a few months more than I did over a few years. But I still find that a lot of the time when I do buy things, I don't actually recall there being anything that I've purchased that that I've kind of regretted mm. or that I'm not using. Yeah. So a lot of it still is done with intentionality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still stuff at the end of the day. Yes. So, you know, you will have to take that wherever you go. And it will still take up time. And I did find myself being consumed more by purchasing things. Like my mental space was yeah. being consumed more by purchasing things than it has for a long time. Yeah. So you can easily get trapped into that space. And the algorithm does pick up, you know, what you've just recently <laughs> looked at and feed you similar or the same things. So it's just bringing it then back wrapping it into intentionality and you shouldn't derive too much value from objects. Yeah, which is a whole other episode, I think, in in this whole idea of uh, guilt and happiness derived from the things that we Mm. own. But yeah, I do think... So, I mean, look, just to bring this conversation home, I'd love to just sort of summarise, at least for us, in what situations where fast purchasing makes sense and in in situations where slow purchasing makes sense. Yeah. So I mean for me I it's interesting cuz I had some resistance and like I used to be a planner but I don't know why I'm not as much anymore but now you're the big planner. Like mm. everything needs to be planned out and normally if I want to bring you on board with something for for us to achieve together like for instance the veggie patch that we have, well mm. the garden beds that we have in our backyard. There was a bit of disagreement there because I was just like, let's just buy, let's just go and see what veggies are available, you know, what seedlings we can buy now and not plan it because, you know, you just don't know what's going to be there. Whereas you're like, hang on a second, we need to plan this out properly so that we know that what we're buying, we're buying with intentionality and we will actually consume. So you came up with a list. I had a bit of a mental list and then we purchased things around that, either Mm. things that we use on a regular basis but don't necessarily need whole bunches of like herbs or things that we find hard to to buy or things that we use regularly that we just want access to. So it was a really good exercise to kind of get an idea of, well, okay, well, this is what, you know, we have limited space. This is what the outcome should be. I think that was a really good middle ground example because it was initially a fast purchase, which was slowed down just a little bit. Yeah. Because it wasn't really a slow purchase. Like we didn't sit there and like spend weeks sort of planning. It was still a decision. The planning process was like 30 minutes on our phones quickly and just talking about it. But um, I mean, to get the beds though, was a slow, you know, like I drew out the plan of that was yeah definitely initiated by you but like to plan out yeah where like you did a little the floor garden plan. beds yeah where <laughs> the garden beds would go I even asked my family what they would think and um i think it's definitely made a difference as to how we went ahead with it and thinking about it now if i wouldn't have done that process i wouldn't have been you definitely wouldn't have been as invested and i don't think that we would have gotten the same outcome 
Mm. So it does make a difference. So that's kind of like where, yeah, it was a middle ground, but it was slow. It was more on the slow purchasing side of things. But then, you know, like for me, I sometimes like to, if we go to markets or if we go into local boutique stores and I see something and like in the back of my mind, like I know, you know, moving into summer, I only have one or two tops that I feel comfortable or confident wearing out. And so I wanted to add maybe one more to that rotation. So in the back of my mind, it's like, if I see something that I like, then I'd like to purchase yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, That's good because you're not in a position where it's make or break in your rotation. Yeah. But you've got your antennas So I kind of like, yeah, I have my eye out and I'm sort of like, okay, let's see if there's anything here. But I still know that I've made this mistake so many times in the past that if I buy something that's not quite right, it's not quite right and I'm not going to wear it. Yeah, right. So that's why it can sometimes take longer because you're looking for something that will fit in your wardrobe that you're going to wear for years to come and not just like a few times and then you go, that's actually, I don't like it or it doesn't fit me well or, yeah, you know. And I think you made a really good point. I think it, it depends on the level of urgency of the thing that you need to buy. Yeah. If you wear out all your car tires, you need to replace your car tires. Yeah. Right. So it's, you can take, like you can do your research to get the right set of new tires, but you need to do that quite quickly, right? Mm. Um, and I also remember another example which illustrates this point is I think earlier this year or last year we were talking about upping the photography of the minimalist vegan, particularly with recipes, and then investing in more food props. Yes. And we had a budget for buying those props, but there was a conversation we had which was, okay, so we need these props to increase, to take better photos. So we started to do the online thing and look for some opportunities. Um, but there was also the other path of saying, well, if we don't buy everything now online and maybe wait until we go to some of these boutiques or markets and maybe we stumble across some things that we you know, really fall in love with or could really enhance the photography experience. So it was like a combination of slow purchasing in the sense of okay yes we need this and let's plan it out and get what we need to get but let's leave a little bit of space there mm. for the spontane- uh, for spontaneous shopping for the things that we need in case we come across them those unique pieces and that was built into the plan for the slow purchasing as well so at the time it might feel like it's fast purchasing when you're making those decisions at the spot if you come across a, a shop that you really really like mm. but actually you've given yourself the capacity and the budget and the space for this opportunity. Hmm. And I think that's probably. And again, this is where you will less likely turn around and go, that was not a worthwhile purchase. And the thing is though, when you think about it that way, you're not being consumed by it. You're just being opportunistic in the moment. Yes. You're not going, Oh my God, I need to go out and go shopping to find this thing. Yeah. Because the risk is, right with the spont uh like being spontaneous or impulsive the risk is you know once you get a taste of that stuff and being in this mode of like oh i see it buy it i see it i like it buy it i see it i like it buy it then you're making all these fast purchasing decisions it almost becomes a behavior a habit Mm. which most of us have had at some point you want to start hiding (laughs) yeah and then then you're the person that's hiding your purchases (laughs) from your spouse 
but then it becomes then it can turn into excessive consumerism mm. and and i think it becomes really gray and really blurry in terms of where that line is drawn yeah from intentionality because we're really good human beings are really good at justifying purchases we're incredibly skilled at it so you could justify it all you want like oh yeah yeah i need this for this and this and this and oh, i'm going to totally use this for this situation i've been wanting it forever i've been wanting it forever and you could tell whatever story you want to tell yourself but yeah. do you really is it really essential to who the type of person that you want to become yeah and um i think that's the risk with it but you can't be so robotic in life that everything needs to be meticulously planned. So I think it's finding the balance between the two methods. But really, like our fast purchasing is still slow purchasing. It's just slow purchasing with an allowance. Yeah. For it. So mm. yeah, that's how I'll, I would summarize it. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. Well, have you got anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. This conversation is good to talk about minimalism again. Yeah, it is. It's very refreshing. <laughs> and um, yeah, as always, you can find our show notes over at theminimalistvegan.com slash podcast. Uh, that's where you'll find all the episodes, including this one and any of the links that we mentioned, like, for example, previous podcast episodes and our ethical and sustainable fashion brands post, uh, which is one of our most popular articles as a resource if you want to practice that slow purchasing, particularly at this time of the year. Yes. So go and check that out if you haven't already. Um, but that's it. Cool. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you. All right. See ya. Check. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.